Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. Take my life, 
I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled forty days and forty nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise. St. John, the sixth chapter. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Lord. And again, we have this image of God feeding his people, and Jesus talks about that. Jesus then declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do, the, to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. At this the Jews began to grumble about him, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, They will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. I tell you the truth. He who believes has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. This is the gospel of the Lord.
May God's grace and mercy and peace be yours today in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message comes from our Old Testament reading from 1 Kings. Let's pray. Almighty God, we enter your presence today. Fill us. Fill us with the knowledge and the joy of your love. May we look to your word and be filled with a sure and certain confidence of your care. May the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. Get up and eat. It probably sounded like an alarm clock to the prophet Elijah going off in the early morning hours. Get up and eat. That's the message that awakened Elijah as he slept under the broom tree. He was sleeping in the wilderness, and I guess uh, you could say that Elijah was having what could be described as a vocational crisis or a career crisis, because things were not going exactly as he had expected. He had just come back from that glorious victory on Mount, Mount Carmel where fire came down from heaven and, and 450 prophets of Baal were, were put to the sword. And, and a great day for Yahweh and, and, and for the prophet Elijah. And fresh from that victory, Elijah goes to the city of Jezreel, fully expecting to put an end to Queen Jezebel, the murderous queen, wife of King Ahab. He thought that finally there would be, there, there would be an end to the worship of Baal. Finally, a revival uh, which brought the people's hearts to the right worship of Yahweh. Elijah entered the city fully expecting to God come and do his thing and put an end to this idolatry. But as we heard today, what greeted Elijah was a message from Jezebel. May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if this, by this time tomorrow, I do not make your life like that of one of them. Meaning, I swear to the gods that I'm going to do to you what you did to my prophets. Now, Jezebel meant business, and she meant to follow through with that promise, and Elijah was a little confused, because this wasn't the way it was supposed to go. It wasn't what Elijah expected. Because all of a sudden, things weren't very clear for him. Uh, his mission had lost its focus, and it seemed as if God had lost some interest, and there was a, had a great start, but it didn't seem, seem like there was a great follow-through. And so Elijah feared for his life, and he fled. He fled to the town of Beersheba with his servant. He, he left his servant there and went a day's journey into the wilderness alone, and he was depressed and disillusioned. He sought God where God had always been so clear for his people in the wilderness. You know, God led Israel through the wilderness, and it was there that he shaped them. There he taught them in the wilderness, and there he fed them, as we heard about uh, uh, last weekend. As Elijah stumbled around in the wilderness, he, I'm sure he felt like a failure. Ministry had ground to a halt. He stopped dead in his tracks by the queen. And so he found a cool place to sit down under a broom tree, and he prayed. But he asked God to let him die. He said, it's enough. I can't take it anymore. I've worked. I've endured enough. Take my life, Lord. I'm, I'm no better than my father's. 
Elijah felt that his useful days were over. He wanted to die under the broom tree in the wilderness, and exhausted, he fell asleep. What about you? Have you spent any time under the broom tree? Have you been discouraged, disillusioned? I think yes. I think that all of us have been under that broom tree in the wilderness, feeling useless and washed up, feeling ineffective, weary to the bone, wanting to do good and to accomplish great things for the kingdom of God, but then the Jezebels of this world come in and seem to get in the way. We too hear those death threats. God seems powerless and disinterested. We feel alone, we feel isolated, we feel afraid. And if there were those miracles in the past, it doesn't seem like they're happening now. And we're expecting great things, but great things aren't materializing. Must have been a great big letdown for Elijah because God had always come through for him in the past. There had never been a time when Elijah was not well fed by God. God provided for Elijah. The, the, the ravens uh, delivered bread and meat to him every day in, for a year in the wilderness. When he went to stay with a widow uh, and her son for three and a half years during a famine, her flour and oil did, n- did not run out. There was never a shortage of bread, even in the midst of a famine. God provided for Elijah. But God also worked through Elijah. God caused a famine at Elijah's word. God raised the widow's son from death at Elijah's prayer. God sent fire from heaven at Mount Carmel at Elijah's request to show that Baal was no God at all. Surely God could take care of Queen Jezebel and her murderous threats, but he wasn't. Elijah was in this frenzied confusion of a crisis. The God whom he had served, the God whom he had trusted with his life, wasn't dealing with this in the way that the prophet had expected. And you can almost see this coming in prior chapters. When Elijah stood before the uh, people gathered at Mount Carmel for the great contest between Yahweh and Baal, uh, he shouted out to the people, I'm the only prophet of Yahweh left. But Baal's prophets are 450. And when he arrived at the scene, uh, when he, uh, after this uh, reading, he arrives at the cave on Mount Horeb uh, after his time under the broom tree. He says it again to God. He says, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites, they've rejected your covenant. They've broken down your altars, put your prophets to death with a sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. There are some that have called this mentality, the, the I'm the only one left kind of state of mind, the Elijah complex. And I'm sure it's a sure setup for disaster, isn't it, when we think that we're going it all alone. When we imagine that the entire kingdom of God is resting on our shoulders. But doesn't culture tend to admire that kind of lone ranger? I mean, you know, that rugged individual who, who stands alone in the crowd. I mean, because we notice the lead singer, right? the lead guitar player, but the, the, the guy on the soundboard, we don't recognize him. Who remembers the name of the, uh, we remember the name of the soloist and the principal chair in the orchestra, but not the person who plays third, or, or third violin, fourth chair, right? We recall the name of the chairman of the board, but not the assembly line worker. Uh, we, we admire them, right? They're the loose cannons, the, the, maybe the misfits, and, 
even if we don't follow them. We call them courageous and bold and visionary. My friends, the kingdom of God, there are no soloists, no lead guitars, no lead singers. God's symphony is a harmony, a harmony of many instruments, all playing the new song of Jesus Christ crucified for the life of the world. On Mount Horeb, he, as he encountered the living God, Elijah would learn that he was not alone. God had at least 7,000 faithful in Israel, all whose knees had not bowed to Baal. God always has his 7,000. Just when you think, maybe with a hint of self-righteousness, that I'm the last one left, I'm the only, only believer around, you begin to realize that God has his believers tucked in here, there, where you never would have realized. You thought that you were alone because all you were paying attention to was yourself. We can understand Elijah, right? I mean, he'd been involved in some pretty exciting stuff, calling down famine and fire from heaven, raising a widow's son from the dead. That's the kind of stuff that gets you on TV uh, today. And yet that troublesome Jezebel was still around as mean and as murderous as ever. Her death threat was too much for Elijah. That's it, God, I've had enough. I don't deserve, deserve to live any longer than my father's. Take me now. And he lay down his head in the wilderness, fell asleep under the broom tree. Have you spent some time under the broom tree? Maybe despairing, calling out to God, Lord, I just want to die. Elijah has been there before you, trying so hard to defend God and hold up God's kingdom all by himself, convinced that everything rested on him, and it was too much for him, and it's too much for us as well. Our shoulders aren't big enough to hold up our own salvation, much less the kingdom of God or the church. We'd be crushed if we tried. When we try to live as if everything hangs on us, as if we are the only tools in God's toolbox, as if God's helpless without us, we're going to wind up under the broom tree in the wilderness, confused, lost, weary, broken. But it's so easy to fall into that trap, isn't it? I mean, we sort of wrestle with it now, right? What, Pastor, what are we going to do? We, we don't have an associate pastor. We, we, we don't have a, a principal. There's this COVID and fear of COVID is, is keeping people from coming back to church. Uh, what about our debt? What about our offerings? Uh, we're, we're out of ideas, God. You know, the problem with Elijah wasn't Jezebel. God can handle Jezebel, and, and he will later on. The problem with Elijah was Elijah. The problem with us is ourselves. We don't trust God's word to do its work. We don't trust God's timing. We don't trust God's ways. We drive ourselves to despair because we think that God has abandoned us to our enemies and even death, but God is merciful. He wouldn't let Elijah die in the wilderness. He sends an angel to touch him, sort of poke him uh, and wake him up and saying, get up and eat. Next to his head, he sees this freshly baked bread and a jar of water, Bread and water, that's, that's wilderness food. Not five-star French cuisine, but you live on it, right? Elijah sat up, he ate and drank, he laid down again and go back to sleep. 
Again, an angel comes to him a second time, poking him again. Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you, he says. Gets up a second time. He ate and drank the food God gave him to eat and drink. And on the strength of that food, we're told, he journeyed for 40 days and 40 nights until he came to Mount Horeb, Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. You know, Israel wandered for 40 years in the Sinai wilderness, and so Elijah wandered 40 days back to Sinai. It was probably a longer journey than Elijah had planned. I'm sure it was a more difficult journey than he had planned. But it was God's way of showing Elijah that he is still the God of Israel. And the miraculous bread and water from God strengthened Elijah, sustained him on his journey throughout the wilderness. My friends, you and I are also on a journey. And it's a journey that's greater than we think. Probably more difficult than we can imagine. And for that journey, we need to be sustained. Elijah was told the journey is too much for you. And God's saying that to you and me today. It's too much for us to journey through this life, this wilderness of our own, uh, wilderness of ours without God's food and drink. It's too much for us to daily battle sin and death and the devil unless we eat and drink from the table that God provides. It's too much for us to journey from baptism to resurrection on a diet of starvation. But we try, don't we? Oh, we try. We try to go through the day without God's word. We try to get through the week without the word and and sacrament, without any time in God's presence. Sometimes we're foolish, so foolish as to go for weeks and, and months at a time without so much as a morsel of the bread of life that came down from heaven. And then we wonder why we sit under the broom tree, exhausted and depressed. It's not God's fault. It's ours. The food and drink, it's always been there. It's been there all along, waiting for us. Or do we need an angel to poke us in the ribs each day and even on the weekend saying, get up, hey, get up and eat. Jesus said, come to me all you are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Rest, refreshment. He says, he who believes in me will never hunger, never thirst. Jesus is the living water. He is the living bread. He is the food and drink in the wilderness, that food and drink that will carry you all the way through life and into eternal life. He is food to strengthen you for the journey. He is drink to refresh you on your way, to fortify you and nourish you and build you up until you reach God's holy mountain when you see him face to face. And there's no other food like this in the whole world, is there? Every other food you eat in this world, you eat it as you you march on toward death. Jesus is the only food that you eat to life. You know, we make a lot of fuss about our diets, (laughs) what we eat and what we drink. Uh, A number of years ago, uh, it was that O'Bran was all the rage, and then it's olive oil, then a glass of red wine is supposed to be good for you. Just one glass, all right. but, but no matter how, uh, how healthy a food may be, no matter how much fiber, a few calories, or fat grams, or whatever measure you want to put into it, we will all face death. We will die. No food can preserve you from death except this food. 
this bread of life, this living bread that came down from heaven, this blood that is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins and eternal life, no other food or drink dares to make that claim because it's not sold in a health food store. You can't purchase it on QVC or the bread aisle of jewels. It's given out here for free in God's house. It's God's gift to you. And the church is a wonderful place dispensing that living bread to dying sinners, making them alive with the life of Jesus. We have the bread of his word. We have the bread of his table. Receive that living bread, food for eternal life. Nothing less than the, the flesh of the Son of God, which he gave for the life of the world, we're told. The cross with Jesus' broom tree in the wilderness. Abandoned by his Father, the sinless Son of God dies for the life of the world. The world's salvation rested on his shoulders. They're strong enough to bear that. The sin of the world was put on his flesh, his body broken, his blood shed. Jesus Christ as God, given up his life for you and me. God comes among us today. Maybe he's, he's poking us to get, us our, get our attention. He says, get up. Get up and eat. Believe in me. Without me as your living bread, Jesus says, this journey is going to be too much for you. You can't feed yourself. Let me be your food and drink. Take the bread which I give to you and eat it. This is my true body given for you. Take this cup which I give to you and drink it. This is my blood shed for you. Take my word. Feast on my word. In the strength of this food, we journey. We journey from baptism. We travel through the wilderness of this life. And we end our journey on the mountain of God. Led by Jesus. Fed by Jesus. Fed with Jesus. Get up and eat. The Lord comes to you this day to strengthen you for the journey ahead. Amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.